Stay up to date with the never-ending breaking news in the sports world on Greeny. Featuring Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 on ESPN Las Vegas. KWWN AM Las Vegas. That was great. I mean, it was um, it was like a playoff game for me. It was like it was like one of the bigger games I've been in, just emotionally. You know, getting back to the real Raider atmosphere. Um, it's hard to replicate. It's hard to describe. I think there's going to be a lot of people that have a lot of fun coming to these games. We got a good young team, and uh, if the coaching doesn't screw it up, we got a chance to keep getting better. Just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Now it's an empty set. He's by himself. Don't worry, QB sneaked off the middle of the field's vacant. He's going to pass, looking to pass. Now he's going to pull it upfield and run it in himself. The two-point conversion is good. And Sam Ellinger ties the game with a two-point run into Pater. It's 18-18. to Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Sam Ellinger and Chase Jacobies competing to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Adam, did any of the rookie quarterbacks actually impress you in the preseason or are you chalking all of it up to eh, it's the preseason? It doesn't matter. I wouldn't go by stats, right? <laughs> I wouldn't be looking at numbers. I'd be looking at, you know, decisions that these guys made within the game. And did they seem like, was there anything that tells you the game was moving too fast that they can't handle it? I don't think any of them came in there and acquitted themselves so poorly that you would say, oh, no, there is no chance that this guy goes out there in week one. Uh, yeah, if you want to run down the list, I mean, Mac Jones is OK. Um, he you know, was efficient uh, for the most part. Uh, everybody saw Trey Lance sling a ball going the opposite direction, 50 yards in the air down the field for an 80 yard touchdown that shows the arm talent that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo would sacrifice one of his model girlfriends to have um justin fields got better as the game went along for the chicago bears uh you know uh, who, who am i leaving out trevor lawrence was eh, but it doesn't matter because urban meyer can try to tell you there's a quarterback competition and there isn't and they kept things very simple for zach wilson uh, against the giants and and he was absolutely fine. So, yeah, and they, they all did enough for them to feel comfortable, uh, you know, throwing them back out there again, keeping whatever quarterback competitions alive, theoretically at least, uh, going. What I thought was interesting or maybe funny is the two that got sort of like the most hype, Justin Fields and Trey Lance from their first game, first preseason game, basically were the two that played the most. Like Trevor Lawrence played like two series, three series. I think Zach, uh, Lawrence, or Zach Wilson got three series as well. But, like, Justin Fields played into the third quarter. Uh, Trey Lance played a lot. Like, the two guys that had the most, like, electric preseason debuts were simply the guys that played more than the other ones. Like, I don't know that it means they're better because both of them had some struggles. That, like, Trey Lance got sacked, like, four times in that game. But, like, it's not necessarily that they were so much better than a Trevor Lawrence. They just got to play more. And they didn't have Tim Tebow blocking for them, which probably helps. Yeah, I, I do think if you put those guys out there with first teamers against some other first and second teamers, you can still glean some things. I mean, maybe they didn't get as much hype because of the numbers were not the same, but I mean, numbers in the preseason are as fool's gold as it gets. I mean, Trey Lance with five of 14 had three passes dropped. Nathan Peterman completed 29 of 39 passes oh, for 247 I, yards. You can't take that away from him. I'm not planning on trying to take that away from him any more than I'm trying to take the five interceptions in a single half away from him. Um, uh, I, you know, I think you and I both 
at least caught some part of the Raiders preseason broadcast. Um, yeah, a, a nice job by uh, by Beth Moens. Although that's that's to be expected. My God, I nearly had to turn the thing off listening to Matt Millen. Like it is brutal, absolutely brutal to force that on listeners. It's just so hard to get through. Like Beth and Rich Gannon are doing a fine job, but my God, let the nostalgia go. He's terrible. I was not ready for the Matt Millen takedown on the show I mean, today. Oh, you know, you go down, uh, you, you're standing around, you call out Rooster, and only one guy turns around. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, he's got to be better than Joe Tess. Because that dude, I wanted to throttle every time he was on Monday Night Football. Well, play by play versus color. A no, little, I'm saying let's know, put them together. Oranges, let's but... let's no, but let's get them together. That way, one of them will be talking about Sammy Davis Jr., while the other one will be talking about like we need a rover out there. Fair enough. I like it. All right. If we're ignoring uh, preseason stats, I'm going to need your breakdown here. Is this a good nickname for Trey Lance? Uh, I'll give credit to Greg Papa just because I heard him say it. I don't know if he actually came up with it, but. He called Trey Lance Trey Area. Yeah, that was on 49ers social media, too. Um, it's fine. Should it be his nickname? Come on. No. What, what, does, what does the nickname Area say about someone? Come on. For those of you that don't know, it's a play on the words Bay Area, which I do don't think is a good nickname. Tyler, how brain dead do you think our audience is? Well, they're listening to us. I did not okay, get it. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Jared said he did not get it. I again, I repeat, no. Um, oh, okay, so my my I immediately went, is it a math joke? Cuz area so, covered a lot here's of area what I think, on that pass. Here's what we need to find a way to do. If we're talking about Trey, you've got the Bay Area, you've got Steph Curry. We have to find some way to work this together, right? Doesn't that seem like the kind of synergy that the Bay Area team should be working on? Trey and Steph? Yeah. 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 Right. Doesn't so. it seem like I, I, I can see local furniture store commercials blowing up right now with the two of them try out there, you know, like testing couches together. I think Steph Curry's a little bit past the local furniture store, isn't he? I mean, <sighs> all right. They shoot a lot of threes on the team. How about him and Clay Thompson? That would be awesome. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We, what we got to. Uh, Are you going to make the same joke you always make about John Gruden? Okay, good. Go ahead. No, go ahead and make it. No, 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 no. That's all right. I was just going to say, could we somehow get uh, what? What was it? Electric. Aberelectric. Yeah. Could we get him working with some sort of like Steph Curry cross promotion? Peter Magnificent. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying because they both take a lot of threes. Yeah. Jared's joke is like, who's going to take more threes this year? The Aces or the Raiders? Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. He's just—it's a solid joke. He's just made it seventeen times over this summer. Oh yeah, there's diminishing returns. There's no question about it. <laughs> I, okay, I not a big fan of Trey Area. I will say on this show, we rag on hockey nicknames all the time because they aren't My actually answer? nicknames. They just put ER or Y on the end of a name. So I do have to say, give a little bit of credit because there is some creativity. They didn't just, yeah, come up with Lancer or how, Lancey or something weird like that. Hold on a second. How about something like how about something like the Red Knight? Because I like Trey Lance a lot. That's better. That's better. Yeah, that's that's a lot better. Yeah. Uh, did, did, the, did anybody on the Raiders have a good nickname? Thank you. 
besides Deuce Gruden? Smoker? Rugsy? Oh, Smoker. Smoker's well, but, a decent one. Smoker was a Bruce Arians nickname. That, that's fine. That's, just bring it on. Yeah, just right. bring it on. But does it, like, nobody else has a good nickname, right? Am I missing I mean, one? we'd have to go to Pro Football Reference, which is always hilarious because you'll be like, oh, oh do have the he was called Primetime. And then there'd be like <laughs> one that you'd go like, he was called like Fried Rice? What? Wh- who was called is, pro- uh, What about, um, wait, wait a minute, what about uh, Jonathan Abram? Can we call him like like Salmon? Wow, that is a deep cut to yeah. hard knocks. Would anybody get it? Would, an, or would enough people get it? Like no, Jared didn't not. even get Trey area. So to Jared's point, these are the nicknames of Tom Brady, according to pro football reference, TV 12, yeah. Tom terrific touchdown, Tom goat, the Pharaoh <laughs> comeback kid, sir. Have you ever heard somebody call Tom Brady, the Pharaoh? I wish I'd heard someone call Tom Brady the Pharaoh. That, that genuinely feels like he had to play against Peyton Manning, who was the sheriff, and they were like, we need something else snappy. We got to get the sheriff against. Are we on Derek Carr's page yet? Oh, gosh. This is what we need. Uh, because the only nickname I know for him is Jace Frost. <laughs> <laughs> See, For those who forgot about Derek Carr's uh, theoretical Instagram burner. See, I'm telling you that there is not a single nickname listed on Pro Football Reference for Derek Carr. I'm telling they they don't have them. Like, this this team doesn't have the nicknames. I, uh, who who has enough time in the league? Like, does Richie Incognito have a nickname? And can uh, we say it on the radio? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question there. Hey, I, he's been doing well in group. I mean, the best, oh God, the best nickname on the Raiders probably belongs to the coach, doesn't it? Chucky? Yeah. I mean, that or his son, Deuce. Well, except that they turned it into the, that Ed turns Ed it, turns it, it, it into, into the, the Deuce. Deucer. Don't say they. Nobody else calls him the Deucer no, except it, Ed. Except Ed's done it so much that now in my brain, when I hear it, I change <laughs> it to the Deucer. You're actually going to meet no. him one day and call him the Deucer, and he's yeah. going to be like, What? No, no, because the problem is at some point, at some point, the kid's going to leave for another job and we're going to say the Raiders dropped a deuce. (laughs) We still have two minutes left in the segment. We can't, you can't do an exit joke. and then. All right. Speaking of dropping a deuce, I am finally convinced (laughs) Tim Tebow's not going to make the roster. He's not going to do it. He played 16 snaps against the Jaguars. He had two blocks go viral on Twitter of him not doing very much to block anybody, but maybe more importantly of the six tight ends that the Jaguars used in their first preseason game, Tim Tebow did not play a single snap on special teams. And he was the only one of those tight ends to not play a single snap on special teams. Unless urban Meyer is saving him as a, Hey, he's a star tight end. He doesn't play special teams. I can't imagine Tebow makes the team without having played a single special team snap in the preseason. Hold on, I can fill two minutes in this segment. Uh, spell Jaguar. J-A-G-U-A-R. Doesn't sound much like J-A-G-W-I-R-E, does it? Jaguar? You keep saying Jaguar. There's no, there's no wire. There's not a wire among the cats. It is a Jaguar. 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 There's no such thing as a Jaguar. A Jaguar, as uh, as Jared threw in there, is, is is the British way of doing it. Jaguar. 
Which is which is the Jaguar? I believe it's um, USA Today's uh, like section special. Yes, for- the Jags wire. Yeah, yeah, that works. They're the Jaguars. Oh, okay. No, but all right. This is this is this is a weird like level of pedantic that I'm even like I'm even like all right. Can we get to Bishop's brief so we can? Get- <laughs> no. Oh, uh, oh. I'm sorry. You've been working with Tyler for how long, and this is a weird level of pedantic. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm honored. <laughs> Coming up next. <laughs> We're just so off the rails. It's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's Briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's Briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's Briefs. Read my butt. One of my favorite listeners of this show is a guy on Twitter named Radar, who's a Jaguar fan, and he tweeted at me during the break, it's J-A-G-W-A-R, you dope, LOL, which would be Jaguar, and I don't think that's right. Why wouldn't it be Jaguar? Well, you don't pronounce the word W-A-R, war. He's telling me it's J-A-G-W-A-R, war. How does Guar spell their name? I'm on it, guys. G-W-A-R. It's always weird, the pop culture Hold on a second. Why is that? Wait, wait, wait. How did he just shoot that back on knowing the name of Guar, the spelling? Wait, no. No. All the stuff you don't know and you know how to spell Guar? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's weird about that? Moving on. All right. Bischoff's briefs today. Ken Rosenthal on a podcast for The Athletic. Uh, He said, going forward, what has been discussed in Major League Baseball is a 14-team playoff that would have seven in each league. So last year with the shortened season, Major League Baseball introduced an expanded playoff. They had a 16-team playoff, eight from the American League, eight from the National League. But this year, they are back to the 10-team playoffs where you have all division winners, and then each league gets to wildcard teams that play each other in a one-game playoff. But this seven-team proposal, I'm a big fan of this. I would love to see a seven-team in the American League, seven-team in the National League make the playoffs because, first off, the best part about watching Major League Baseball is always the playoffs. It's the it's the most fun part about the sport. Playoff baseball is extremely intense. It's a lot of fun. So more of that is better. But baseball's in a different spot than most of our sports in that they play 162 games. And you really need to do a good job of not invalidating a 162-game season. You can't play 162 games and then let 16, 20 teams in. You've got to have something that makes the regular season like, hey, you just played for 74 months. It still has to mean something. So the idea of a seven-team playoff, I think if Major League Baseball stole an idea from the NBA, I think this could be really good. Where the number one overall seed in the American League and the National League, they get a buy straight into the divisional round. And then you have the number one wildcard team play the number two wildcard team the exact same way they do it now. It's a one-game playoff. Winner is into the divisional round. And then you take the number two divisional winner and the number three divisional winners, and they play the number three and four wildcard teams that got in, and you take what the NBA did in the in their new play-in, where 
the worst seeds have to win twice, whereas the better seeds only have to win one game. So just say the number two record in the American League is playing the number four wild card. That number four wild card has to go on the road and they have to win two games to advance, whereas the division winner, they only have to win one game. If they win one of the two, they advance the divisional round. That would give you seven teams in the playoffs. That would add at least four high-pressure playoff-type games and potentially eight every single year in Major League Baseball's playoff format. And you are still rewarding, A, the team that gets the best record because they don't have to deal with any of this early-round stuff, and B, divisional winners because they get home games and they only have to win one of two games I am on, if Major League Baseball expands the playoffs, I'm on board if it's some format like that where you're still able to, like, honor or respect the idea that they just played 162 games, winning your division is important, and hey, you're in the playoffs, yes, you have to play the quote-unquote extra round, but it's rigged in your favor. You've got a really good chance to just win one of those two games at home, and you get to advance. There's no such thing as rigged in your favor in baseball. It is the most random of sports. And so that's why I can't get behind any more than expanding maybe two more teams, right? I can get behind the idea of going from 10 to 12 if you set it up like this. Make the wild card teams still have to do all the work. I think division winners need to be held harmless in this whole thing. Right now, what do we have? We have a situation where the two wild card winners get together, they play a game, that team moves on. What if you had three wild cards? In the idea of we really do want, like the NBA play-in, we want the team that's playing the best at the end of the season to be able to be the one representing the wild cards writ large. What if the number two wild card hosted the number three wild card in a one game? The winner of that goes to the number one wild card. The number one has to win one game. But if it's the number two or three that gets to that point, they've got to win two games. So the number two or number three wild card would essentially have to win three games to get into the playoffs, whereas the number one wild card would only have to win one, or if they lost the first one, then you know they uh, have to win the second one. What about that? Because I, I, I can get behind expanding that far, but beyond that, I think you're you're solving a problem that isn't there because no one is looking at Major League Baseball and saying there are too many good teams that didn't get in. <laughs> I, I like it. I like the idea that you have because I, the thing with baseball is you can't, like in the NFL, you can give your top seeds a bye week and it's perfectly fine. It's a lot harder to do that in baseball. It's a lot harder to say, Hey, take an entire week off and don't play this sport. That would have a lot more pushback of, Hey, well, we haven't been playing for nine or eight days or something like that. So you, you have to have some sort of short version of the wild card and using the way the NBA does it where, Hey, the worst team has to go win two while the better team only has to win one. I, I like that idea. I think that is a great way to do a, hey, how the hell do you get into the normal playoffs of this sport? I like that because it it creates an advantage for the team that was better in the regular season. So, yeah, I am I would be on board for yours. And the other part of it that would be, I, I we'd have to see how teams actually respond to it, would be how teams sort of view, hey, do we go for it? Do we not go for it? And, like, take the Seattle Mariners this year as an example – they traded away their best reliever. Yes, they went and got Diego Castillo from the from Tampa Bay, but like the Mariners, their trade deadline was basically, hey, we want to get guys that have more years of control. Their primary goal wasn't to get better for this year. It was to get guys that had more years of control so they've got a potential to be better in the future. I'd be curious if a team like the Mariners were probably not going to make the playoffs, but if you had one or two more wild card spots, all of a sudden 
they're right there. They're like probably a game out if it's only like if it's four wild card spots. Would a team like the Mariners be more willing to go for it? Because that's ultimately like what we want. We want more teams that are going for it, more teams that are trying to win. We saw a little bit of that in the NBA with the way their added play in games affected the end of the season for some teams. I'd be curious if that would happen in baseball because that would be a very good thing to see. Yeah, and that is solving a problem that is there. If we're solving the problem of too many teams trying to tank, then I I see where we expand the postseason to some level. And if we expand the postseason the way that that I was thinking about, then you also probably make sure that the best wildcard team gets into the playoffs because the more games you play, the less randomness you have. And so there's a lot of incentive to push for the number one wild card. I mean, there's a huge difference between that one seed and that two and three if you have some sort of a extra play in and then a disincentive to have to win twice on the other team's field. Because look at this year. We're going to talk about the Dodgers and the Padres if the Padres hold on. But the Dodgers and the Padres playing a one-game playoff and we might end up with one of the two best teams in the National League not making the playoffs at all because of the randomness of a one-game playoff. And if that's the Dodgers, honestly, it's kind of a shame because of how good that team is and the fact that over the course of five-game and seven-game series, that team is so deep that it's going to win more often than it doesn't. But yet the way things are set up right now, they could run into some weird home run luck with Walker Bueller one night, and they're out of the playoffs. You say it'd be a shame as a co-host of Ed Graney, a Dodger fan. I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, that's we kind of need that. <laughs> How about this? What if it's not the Padres? What if it's the, no, no, the no. Reds? Are, is that a compromise? No, no, no. no, no, no. We need it to be, be the, Padres. the Padres. Like, I'm all right, all right. The Padres keep losing. They get no hit by the Diamondbacks. And like the Padres have a losing record since like July 1st by like four games or something like that. And somehow they're letting the Reds and the Phillies have a hope that they could catch them. Like, no, no, we need Padres and Dodgers, a one-game playoff. Because, listen, even if the Dodgers win, it's still going to be a great lead-up for us on this show. We just need that. I just thought it would be uh, something where everyone could have something they like if the Padres don't make the playoffs at all. And then the Reds beat the Dodgers because you would like you would build up Ed super high and then drop him way down low. I think Ed would prefer if you told him the Dodgers are going to lose the wild card game, but the Padres also miss the playoffs. I think he'd sign up for that right now. You know what? You're probably right. I will say we are going to have to create a show Twitch account for this game so that we can just get permanent face cam on Ed Graney watching this Padres. He will throw it. He will take the camera and throw it against the wall. I know. So it'll it'll be a short broadcast, but everyone will 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 we might make the front page of Reddit. The the Dodgers will be up four to nothing in the first, but Bellinger will strike out with the bases loaded and he'll throw a camera against the wall. And it'll be like, well you you won the game already. Kidley Jansen will put one guy on base and he'll <laughs> throw the remote through the TV while the Dodgers are up seven. All right, coming up next Find out whatever, whatever. Oh, God, I ruined that tease. We've got Guns and Roses tickets, so make sure you're listening. Good yeah, job, do Jay. that. Thank you for saving me. You're locked in the press box. All right, I did two things this weekend. First off, I am limping around the station today because I fell down my steps yesterday. I was carrying my dog, my French Bulldog Squash, and I slipped on our stairs. And because I was holding him, I made no attempt to break my fall. And I went (laughs) sliding down about 
eight or nine <laughs> stairs until I got to the floor. My knee is in so much pain. You protected the baby. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, as I was slipping, my first thought was, oh, bleep, he's going to get hurt. That was this... my first thought. And and the problem is, is he kind of did. Like, he was limping a little bit yesterday. Like, he was eventually he was putting weight on it, was fine and everything. But I was very worried about him and not as much about me. But, but yes, my hips, knee and his hips aren't designed to, for, you know, movement. His, his Yes, he is not designed very well for movement already. And I put that in jeopardy. But yes, my knee is killing me. My foot is killing me. I'm not even sure what I did to my foot in this process. But yeah. I fell on my. So stomach. Tyler, I'm in pain. Tyler, that I I empathize with that. That reminds me, um, many years ago, uh, almost 20 years at this point, uh, I was at a concert at Sam Boyd Stadium, and I had gone to get beers for my entire group. So I, in both hands, I had two beers, little, little carriers, and so I had no way of balancing myself as I was headed back down the stairs uh, to my seat, and I tripped on the stairs. And I didn't want to lose these $12 beers. <laughs> so I essentially went down to both knees, put my arms up in the air. I looked like Elvis at the end of the concert. <laughs> my knees were skinned to hell, but I saved those beers. So it's, it's same as a dog. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. Same no, as a it. dog. I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but that was as I'm falling. That was what the only thought that went through my mind was, oh, God. I'm falling with the dog on the stairs because I, and, and I know exactly what happened. I was wearing socks and I stepped a little too far and my foot went over the little rounded edge of the stairs. And that was just the end of it. That foot went out and that's where all my weight was going. And I was done right. for. So you did two things this weekend. What was the second? The other thing I did yesterday actually is I watched all 10 episodes of the first season of Ted Lasso. Ooh. No wonder he's been nicer today. Um, I very much enjoyed Ted Lasso. I will say I think it's overhyped. Like every person that's talked about it talks about it as though it's the best show they've ever seen. It's good, but yeah. I mean, it's it, it, there's, I've never seen a show like it, I think, as part of That's the, fair. That's fair. It's just, it's a very joyous man. Yeah. It's fair. What could be done to improve it in your in your eyes? Okay. You want some pedantics here. I was actually impressed. Uh, like the jersey numbers on the players. They got it right, like as far as what soccer players would be wearing, right? Roy Kent okay. and like soccer jersey numbers have very specific ties mm -hmm. to positions usually. Like Roy Kent, he the position he plays, he would be a number six. Jamie Tart is a number nine. Even Danny Rojas at number 14, that's kind of like a backup striker type of number. Even when Jamie Tart went back to Manchester City because he was on loan at AFC Richmond, Normally, guys that go out on loan and then come back, they end up with some bizarre number. He was something in the 50s. I don't remember exactly what it was. That's exactly the number he would have. So I was impressed with that. What annoyed me was, in the final episode, when they're playing Manchester City, both teams are wearing blue jerseys and white shorts. And that is, like, against the law in the Premier League. Like, you cannot, A, have the same jerseys, but you can't even have the same color shorts either. Like, you've got to change. You have to have different colored shorts from your opponent. But both teams were in blue jerseys with white shorts. It just annoyed the hell out of me. Jaguar. J-A-G-W-A-R. <laughs> Jaguar. 
because I want to be able to bring this back now because I was called pedantic for talking about the p- correct pronunciation of Jaguar, and this guy is talking about yeah. which, uh, the way to improve Ted Lasso is to make sure that you're accurate on the color of jerseys and shorts. Yeah, it annoyed me. Very annoying. I will say the characters in Ted Lasso, like that's it's phenomenal. The amount of like just good characters in one show is unbelievable. That's who did you like the best? Yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> I want to say probably the owner. That's that seems about what, what right. was her name? Watkins? Was that her was that what her maiden Rebecca. name was? Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think she was probably my favorite character over the 10 episodes. I liked Keely a lot early. Uh she kind of had she kind of fell off late in the show there, but but Rebecca was probably my favorite. Roy Kent's good. Jamie Tart's a good character. Like they're they're just they're they're like all good characters. Nate's fun. I like Nate. I, yeah, I, I think Nate is probably the most underrated uh, of the characters. I, 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 Nate, especially when when he calls out the entire team, uh, like that is just glory. <laughs> I mean, and maybe this is a weird one, but I always love Sam. And- Sam's a good character. Oh, that's probably my favorite line is when Ted Lasso gives him the little army man figure. And he says, <laughs> yes. He's like, is it okay if I don't keep this? I don't have the same fondness for the American military. And Ted Lasso says, uh, imperialism. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is, uh, that is also very timely, Tyler. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I watched Ted Lasso. I can agree with everybody that told me I should watch it, that I, I did enjoy it very much. So can we, can we put something to bed here? Um, Sarah Manavis is a killjoy. Oh, the, the the woman who said it wasn't a good show. Um, I didn't actually read her story as to why it was a good show. Of course you didn't. Yeah, you just yeah, took yeah. the headline. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was a little worried about spoilers. I didn't want to read it and like... Oh, that you know what? That's fair. And, That's fair. And yeah. have things taken away. So I need to go find it again. I'll, I'll read and see what her reasons were for not liking Ted Lasso. And then I'll report back to you tomorrow so on this. There are, there are legitimate criticisms in the like idea that they're sort of the American exceptionalism type, like quasi argument to, that's being not necessarily made, but like Americans are so positive. We're all we, bring it. Yeah, Jer- Jer- Jared's way, way down into the TV critic part of this. Um, I, I am more stuck on the fact that things were like the, the, the last episode uh, that I watched, uh, the, which I think was the third, the fourth just came out of season two. Like, wait a second. Things are lining up way too easily here. Like, way, way too easily. Uh, again, no spoilers, but um, let's just say defeating a large corporation is not nearly as easy as they made it seem. Yeah, there was. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there were some elements that. Season yeah, two, I will say season two. Roy has slow. Like Roy has become an amazing character. Like, oh, like oh, the entirety that, of season yes. two is might be more about Roy than Ted. Yeah. Sounds good. I I will say, like, criticism as far as, like, the actual show part of it, a lot of the stuff was really predictable about what was going to happen. Like, I mean, yeah, the divorce and the panic attack. And- like, it was, like, a lot of it was predictable about what was going to happen next. So, by the way, I really, I really like that the first thing when Tyler said, oh, it was predictable, Jared immediately went to, oh, yeah, the divorce, the panic attack. Not the <laughs> soccer part. Not the part that Jamie Tart was going to pass the ball. Like, not, none yeah. of that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, the tragedy yeah. and the reaction. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's about right. Jamie Tart making the pass. Even, But even just like uh, Rebecca setting up Ted Lasso to go hang out with uh, 
Trent Krim with Keeley oh. and and being and then having a photographer there to try to get that published in the newspaper. Like even that, the second you saw she Rebecca seeing Keeley and Ted Lasso talking in the parking lot, it was like, oh, she's going to try to use that as some sort of sabotage. It was still fine. Like, and but part the, of that might be because yeah. I the last show I watched was Game of Thrones, where I feel like nothing was predictable. Uh, don't give me any spoilers there because I haven't seen a single uh, episode, and I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. But you are. Um, Game of Thrones? Like you you haven't seen one now but you're sure you are sure you will watch it at some point. Absolutely because I okay. like I probably I binged Breaking Bad probably like 4 years after it was off the air. That's um, That's a good way to go through life actually. It, it certainly saved me a, a lot of time day to day and then you know when I had a bunch of open time like oh yeah let's just do this. And The Wire I, I'm the, the Wire is fantastic but I, I that was a pandemic project for me. Um, man, it, there were some dated references in there. Let me tell you. The Jaguar. All right. We have tickets to give away to go see Guns and Roses. They are coming to Allegiant Stadium, and we've got two tickets for you. Friday, August 27th, they'll be at Allegiant Stadium. You can buy them at Ticketmaster.com, or you can win a pair right now. We're going to take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. That is 702 702- Three six four eleven hundred. If you want to win a pair of tickets to go see Guns N' Roses at Allegiant Stadium, 702-364-1100. Inbound with three, with two. Atkins going to have to fire it up over Cambage from three. In and out. No good. Aces win. The Aces win. Yes, the Las Vegas Aces come storming back with an improbable victory here today. Congratulations to David. He won a pair of tickets to go see Guns N' Roses at Allegiant Stadium. We are going to have more tickets to give away this week, so stay tuned. Uh, Cofield and Company should also have some throughout the week as well. They're coming August 27th, so we will have more. But congrats to David. Las Vegas Aces, they were down by 21 points to the Washington Mystics at one point. Came back to win the game yesterday. Their first game back since the uh olympic break but jared what what do you want to ask us now okay so you guys uh you're aware of cofield and company's uber producer ari ari yes he was running the game yesterday i believe and he labeled that call that we were coming back with in a particular way what would you have labeled that end of game final call something like that holy crap aces win (laughs) That's about right for Ari. Yeah. But like it was just like I I'm looking through like our cut lists for all the different things, you know, our Drew Lock highlight, that's our part of our cut list and holy crap aces win. I'm like we're playing it at some point. I think I like Ari's style of naming things better. Yeah, well, cuz you're not going to know what it is except that it sounds exciting. Yeah. I mean, it also makes it hard to find. Yeah, just type in holy crap and see what you pull up. It had aces in it. Just type in aces. Yeah, you'll get there eventually. Um, Okay. I want to read a Ron Rivera quote to you guys. Uh, He gave. I know which one you're going to read, and I love it. He gave this to (laughs) Albert Breer. So Ron Rivera, and it, it starts off. I actually love the way this starts off and takes quite the turn. Gen Z is relying on this. Rivera told Breer, referring to a phone. And you got some, quite frankly, bleeping bleepholes that are putting a bunch of misinformation out there, leading people to die. That's frustrating to me, that these people are allowed to have a platform. 
and then one specific news agency every time they have someone on. I'm not a doctor, but the vaccines don't work. Or I'm not an epidemiologist, but the vaccines are going to give you a third nipple and make you sterile. Come on. That to me, that should not be allowed. You can't see me standing up to give Ron Rivera an ovation, but I am. Uh, bravo, Ron Rivera. And if anybody has a problem with this guy saying it, you're talking to a guy who is immunocompromised as a cancer survivor and has a unique right to be out there saying, no, no, you need to get vaccinated and you need to protect other people. And it's about more than you. So what I enjoyed, my personal experience with reading this quote, is the first ex- the first sentence is, Gen Z is relying on this, Rivera told Breer, referring to a phone. I thought the rest of this quote was going to be Ron Rivera talking about how technology is ruining kids and he can't get his players to pay attention for more than five seconds. Like, that's where I thought this was going, and that is not at all where it was going from Ron Rivera. And instead, it was him taking a dump on Fox News and anybody else who's trying to say that the vaccines don't work. Wait, you think it was Fox News? Yeah, well, I guess he could have said more than one network, right? He did say a particular uh, news organization. I mean, I don't know. The AP could be getting fast and loose these days. <laughs> that's what they're known for. <laughs> Old shoot from the hip, Pops Ramirez. <laughs> the AP could get fast and loose. <laughs> no, I mean, Ron Rivera basically took what Mike Zimmer was saying about a week ago, talking about misinformation and players who will uh, will, will continue to show hesitancy toward the vaccine uh, and amped it up by like 10. Because Mike Zimmer was clearly just mad at Kirk Cousins, which, <laughs> look, who hasn't been there, right? Because like, for Kirk- one reason or another. Kirk Cousins is like, I will stand in a plexiglass box, but I won't get the vaccine. And it also, like, (laughs) it's not a good sign when the local hospital has, like, we need to cut ties with the quarterback of our local professional team because we don't want to be associated with him. Mike Zimmer. Poor Mike Zimmer. Feel bad for him, actually got to deal with Kirk Cousins and not just Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. Kirk he's, Cousins in a plexiglass box, Kirk Well, Cousins. Kirk Cousins in a plexiglass box who's saying that he's doing the research. He's out there. I think he and Lamar Jackson have a little study group going. Um, to They get together on Zoom and they look for all the latest research, but they studiously avoid talking to any doctors because we know that in <laughs> Kirk Cousins' research, he did not talk to the Minnesota Vikings team doctor. He did not talk to the NFL's chief medical officer who has made himself available to all of the players to discuss any questions about vaccine hesitancy that they have. So Lamar's had COVID twice, but he's still doing research. Kirk Cousins is going to be in a plexiglass box. Ladies and gentlemen, Two of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. Was it? Uh, it was Montez Sweat, who plays for Ron Rivera, who they brought in a doctor to talk to him about the vaccine and COVID. And Montez Sweat said he wasn't a fan of them bringing in the doctor because he wants more information on COVID and the vaccine. There you go. Okay. It's going well. Ron Rivera. As you think that's so, do we think his quote was specifically about Montez Sweat? I don't know. Uh, Ron Rivera probably dealing with a lot more, a lot larger issues than just Montez Sweat. Although, to be fair to the NFL and to its players, they have said, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 90% of players are vaccinated. 
at this point? Yes. So 90% compared to our population at large is a really good number and a really good job considering we can't get 60% of U.S. adults to get uh, to get fully vaccinated while there are children dying in hospitals of the Delta variant right now. So the the NFL is doing a comparatively good job. And I'm I'm kind of mentioned this before, but this might be the first time that football guy mindset is actually <laughs> being actively good for society. Like, don't you guys want to play football? Get vaccinated. Costing your is. team. It is. It is, except Ron Rivera might have undermined it by giving the old guy argument. That everybody's the, the getting their information phones. from their phone. <laughs> the damn phones. Here's the Montez sweat quote uh, that was from June because the because Washington they brought in a doctor to talk to them and he said I'm not a fan of that at all. I won't get vaccinated until I get more facts. Well, think about how Bruce Arians responded to that kind of idea when they after that reporters then asked Bruce Arians in Tampa. Like, are you planning on bringing an expert to talk to your players? And Bruce Arian said, I'm the expert. (laughs) And that was it. All right. So to finish up the show, have either of you ever seen Guar? Like, in person? Not in person, but I know who they are. Okay. No, I've seen them in person. You've gone to a Guar concert. Yeah, they they came to Jackson, Mississippi. And I went. I saw a Guar concert in Jackson, Mississippi. Really needs to be in your Twitter bio. Yes. I did. That that's, needs to be his biography. That's that's why I... The Tyler Bischoff story. That's why earlier in the show I knew exactly how to spell Guar when Jared asked. Because I saw him. That's uh, what I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. We had like six concerts a year in Jackson, Mississippi, and Guar was probably... How, is, the, how was Guar one of them? I don't know. They were the biggest ones. I don't get it either. But I went.